0: How are we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the U.S., People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I had deal with, with the nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility. And we, we cross promote, you know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where, where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Right. Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Rob Foster, your host of Shut Up and Grind. And I always forget to pull up the live feed every single time. All right. So this is episode number 50 today. Five zero. Like when I started this a year ago, who would have thought that I'd be on 50 episodes so quickly? Because I first started on just one day a week. It was just on Wednesdays. And then it went to Sundays. And then I added Tuesdays. and Then I added Fridays. And then I've done some other other times just to, to fit international times. So it's just absolutely amazing where this has come. And it's, cut, it's gotten to the point to where I have grind gear. Right, so we got grind gear now. So we got the shut up and grind shirt. We got the it never gets easier, you get stronger. We have long sleeve, we have hoodies, we have masks, we have all kinds of stuff. So if you wanna check that out, It is at this very long link, teespring.com slash stores slash shut up and grind apparel with some dashes in there. All right. So all that stuff will just help the channel to grow. And the more we grow, the more lives we can impact. The more lives we can impact. That's how you beat mortality. That's awesome. So, And also, we are now set up to take donations as well. If you want to, again, further help the channel grow. Go to shutupandgrind.me support, and any help is greatly appreciated. So now, today's topic is how to keep the right relationships in your life. So you guys know we don't just talk about losing weight in inches on this show. It's about overall health and wellness, and having the right support system is vital to optimal health. And so, as you all know, I scour the globe looking for the right people, the experts, the people with the experience to help me have these conversations, or else you would just be stuck listening to me every Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So, helping me have this discussion today, I found this young woman. She is a mom. She's a coach, as well as a speaker, whose mission is to help you create a legacy in this lifetime. She is also an author of the best-selling book *Life Worth Living*, where she outlines how to continue on with life as a widow and sole parent. So, welcome to the show, is Michelle? Oh, she's doing the wave. She's doing the wave thing again. One more time. Bring it in close. <laughs> This is the Law of Attraction we were playing. We were like, come on, come on. (laughs) Playing around with Um. with the stream yard controls earlier. (laughs) 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 That's the stuff we do before we go live. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So give the crew a little background. So where you're from? All that good stuff.
1: That's an exceptional question today. Yes. You need to today. Um, you're saying that you scour the globe Whoa. to help you find people with a servant's heart who will make a difference yes. in your life, in your audience, in your listeners' lives. Yep. And I just crossed America. I've been living in on the West Coast in San Francisco, yep. and this past week, We traversed across the country slowly (laughs) um, rather than flying. I mean, for obvious reasons, and also just to take a moment. I've spent a lifetime flying from one city to the next. And we took our time uh, in an RV, no less, me and my two teenagers and a couple of friends to help with the partying and the driving and the fun all along the way.
0: Yeah.
1: And we saw the spaces in between in our beautiful country. It was. Absolutely gorgeous. So today I am reaching out to you from San Francisco before. Today we're in South Carolina.
0: Wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, we took a big (laughs) leap. You know, you talk about overcoming challenges, how to step into who you're becoming, into your own greatness. We took a leap. Yeah, boop. (laughs) (laughs) We took a leap and we've been, this was just last week. So it's super exciting time for us.
0: That's great, love it.
1: So it was a big question, where are you coming from today? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So how how was life over there in San San Francisco? I've been there once, I've been there once. I started in Sacramento with my son for a track meet. It's 106 degrees. (sighs) We we get to San Francisco, people have coats on, people with hats on. It was like a 55 degree difference.
1: And that's actually why the Central Coast, uh, or the Central California, that whole valley,
0: yeah,
1: um, when it gets so, so hot, it literally sucks the marine layer from the ocean through mm-hmm. San Francisco. And that's why San Francisco cools down first. And okay. that's how the Central Valley gets cooled down.
0: Wow. So
1: you actually answered the question intrinsically by having that experience. <laughs> now, sure it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, it took us, it, it took, we took 11 days. So it was a super wonderful trek to see everything in between. So we may have stopped in your city.
0: I, now, doubt, well. I doubt it. Cause I'm above you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm up in Rhode Island.
1: We'll go up there next. That'll be, right. that'll be the vacation and the more adventuring because adventuring is so fun.
0: So, so fun. so what was the best place you saw along the way?
1: That's a tricky one. I learned a ton. Um, okay. High level hits. We stopped in Las Vegas, which was an absolute ghost town. If you want to see Vegas Mm -hmm. without any people in it, literally, I think I could hear Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Singing. It was such a ghost town. Um, we saw the grand Canyon, the painted desert, petrified forest. And there's, you know, all through, we went to um, Roswell, New Mexico and saw the the alien museum. Yeah. Um, But what, what struck me, and I was alluding to this because I've gone from city to city rather than the spaces in between, was how life follows water. And without the water, I was wondering where is the life? Because there were no bugs on the windshield. Who knew I'd be begging for that? There was no roadkill. I certainly didn't want that, but you know, it's sort of an indication where are the animals? Um, and it wasn't until we got to Carlsbad Caverns that I was like, wow, I've been thinking very superficially because we went down underground and there is water there. Yeah, And that's, there's a lot of life in layers we hadn't thought of before. Um, There's ring-tailed cats and bats and moths and crickets. And I'm like, okay, I need to see this on a multidimensional level to really gain an understanding of what's going on. Then we saw uh, we stopped in Austin and we stopped in New Orleans. Um, Now, again, another example, and this is I totally live my life fully, regardless of the constraints that we're under, like up until the last moment. I mean, the whole way from spark to finish. And that's kind of what I help people do. Um, That's what they're doing in New Orleans. They can't do Mardi Gras. So they are decorating the fronts of their homes as the Mardi Gras parade floats. Okay. So we got some beignets and we got some chicory coffee and we pumped up the Cajun and Zydeco music and we drove around Yardi Gras.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that, that's the epitome of making lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> right, right. I love it.
1: Um, and in Alabama, there's a museum, or it's more than that museum. Um, it's a place where people who are considering careers in aviation can go and get a feel for what it would be like. And we stopped in Atlanta and then we walked into our new house. So here we
0: go, home sweet home. Nice, love it. Eleven days, it's good, and it's it's really amazing seeing other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's like from I I grew up I grew up in the woods, so it's like whenever I go into a city, it's like it's almost like a foreign country to me (laughs) because I (laughs) (laughs) was like I'm used to just peace peace and quiet like nobody's all up in your business you know places aren't super crowded and I remember the first time I went to Philadelphia I was, I was like a fish out of water. Yeah, the vibration
1: <laughs> yeah. is super different with all the people around and the hustle yes. and the hustle it's exciting.
0: Yeah it's exciting. and then the first time I went to the desert kind of like like you I'm driving around in New Mexico I drove for like two hours and saw absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like a tree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and being up here in New England, you know, you drive two and a half hours, you'll be in New York, right? <laughs> you know, it's like right. all the states up here are small, so you know we can get around quick. Like you know, to be to drive two hours, and if I was going to go to the next state, I'd still have four to six hours to go. It's like that—that's unheard of for us up here, <laughs> right? Right. So, I mean, the good news also is because
1: um, I work with people virtually then that didn't change anything. So I could be totally flexible in the where I am and still be able to support my clients and my friends and pull together programs. And it's there was actually a really big transformation that happened on this trip. Okay. Um, that for everybody, but I'll tell you mine. Yep. I have been helping parents who have lost a spouse figure out how to parent alone and have dreams of their own. Yes. Yeah. Um, And this came from, you know, my husband passing away. And I was suddenly head of household and sole provider. And there's like, there's no guide for this. So they tell you, get 10 copies of the death certificate and go see a religious leader. And I'm like, that is not enough information. I'm the Girl Scout leader and we're putting together a father-daughter dance. And my daughter doesn't have an escort. What am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about... You know, all the things that in a partnership um, we had specialized on some things. And now I'm everything to everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, when I so, you know, talking about how to overcome challenges in life, this was certainly one that I overcame and I figured it out. I used all of my professional experience, all of my life experience. I figured it out. And um, then a good friend of mine, I went to high school with him and he went out for a run and he had a heart attack and died. And I thought, wow, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. And I realized, oh, my God, I actually do know what to do. So I went to his widow and said, this is never going to be okay. I'm going to hold your hand and walk this journey with you. Let's project manage this thing and step by step we rebuilt her life again and her children and her career and her physical health because i mean you just there are things that happen that you can never imagine would happen we don't we in this widow club don't want anyone to know about it because it's so painful and you just can't understand mortality is not something we understand completely as it is but I've spent years now trying to fill end of life with joy and love rather than fear. So I helped her restabilize herself. And we talked about, you know, the seven aspects that are vital to stabilize your life. And then everyone in my community started sending me out to help other people do this. And I'm like, you know, before I just get another job, I need to write this book, The Guidelines for this. So this was the Life Worth Living book that I wrote that became an international bestseller. And since then people have been reaching out to me to gain that support. And um, what I learned was it's more than just widows or widowers who need this kind of restabilization in life because we don't have a guide unless your parents sat you down at the dinner table and literally went through step by step of what confidence level do you have that you are addressing every aspect of your life. There's nobody who addresses all of these things. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's, it's an organic thing that we each should have that opportunity, but there hasn't been a guide in the past. So my client base has expanded to well beyond the widow experience But that's where I came from. Yeah. Now, the transformation that happened on this trip, the seed was planted a little bit before it. What I didn't really realize was how important and how perceptive I am at relationshiping. And what I learned was by working with people, they keep coming to me about the relationships that they're having with their children. How do i become alpha over my children how, because my husband my late husband used to do it or how do i become the role model my children need when my ex-husband has hundred percent custody of them mm. so here you know it was like more than just um, an intimate partnership but that was happening because people wanted to have a chapter two we call it Um, But it's not just if you want to have a chapter two. It's the relationship that you're having with everyone in your life. And we sometimes pretend that everything is fine. We got this. We're good. We're good. But like in the example of the woman who wanted to be a role role model for her children, the relationship that she was missing was with her ex-husband. And she had been trying for four years. She hadn't seen her kids in four years. Wow. And she hired me to help her become a better role model for her children. But what happened was in four weeks, I helped her rebuild the relationship with her ex-husband and he reunited them.
0: Nice.
1: So I've become a relationship coach. The... Um, and they're all of my clients and then all of my friends are now like a couple of my there were we were i was on a happy hour virtual happy hour which that's what people are doing these days and a couple of my friends were saying i'm really i really would love to be in a healthy relationship right now but virtually i can't meet anybody and the people who i'm attracting well, what they said was they look like they're going to chop me up when they're done using me. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Jeez. what does your profile look like? <laughs> and, I mean, it's me. So I'm like, do you want me to help you? Because life is better with love in it. Right? And um, so they're like, okay. But it's me. So I'm like, wow, I just bit off a big project. They were thinking, I, you know, we'd have a glass of wine, and I would fix their profiles. But that's really just one piece,
0: you know. Let me let me, let me stop you right there. Let me stop stop right there because uh yeah, let, let me write this down here. You said this is just one piece of the puzzle, so that way you can pick up where you left off. Well, All right, should- just 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 because you just unloaded a whole lot. Yeah, I did. And so, I mean, which is good. Like, like I, I tell every guest, like I want you to speak more than not. <laughs> so. All right. So now, so let's, let's take it back. Let's take it back to when, to when you lost your husband. So now Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, stir up old, old emotions if they're still in there, but just, but just cause that's the part that a lot of people are really going to resonate with is, is what you went through the moments before and the moments right after, if you don't mind sharing those. About him
1: leaving his soul, that piece. I mean, his soul leaving his body right there. You want the moment of truth right there? Yes. Okay. Um, All right. That's a biggie. Uh, You know, really, it's, there's no easy way into this world and there's no easy way out. Yeah. It's what you do in the spaces in between. It's just like that, you know, that road trip we were just on. It's the spaces in between. And it's how you fill your life with moments of joy that add up to a sequence of a happiness, a happy life experience. And I do all kinds of programming with happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that exact moment, um, interestingly enough, I think that people choose, they have a choice as to when they leave, because the way that things were set up, the kids were, um, they were, quite young at the time. Um, but the kids were off distracted doing other things. I was actually on the bed head to toe with him. Um, and <laughs> I should tell you another story that was this so funny. But, um, you know, and this was our relationship was so good. Like people could see the love from further than across the room. People still talk about it, that, you know, I know what love looks like. I know what it feels like. So when people come to me for relationshiping and advice on, you know, how, is it, are there red flags or green lights in this experience, I can help them identify those because it's so clear to me. Yes. Um, so I'm lying head to toe with him on the bed. And I had a couple of my very dear girlfriends with me. Um, One of them was on the couch reading something and she looks up and she goes, something just happened. And we knew, I mean, he was on hospice for six months. He had cancer. Uh, And um, so we knew we, his, this was impending, but you know, you never know the moment that this occurs. And um, she came and she put her hand on his shoulder. She could feel his heartbeat. I say she has holding his last heartbeat in her hand.
0: Wow.
1: Um And I his last words, his dying words, he took all of his life energy that was left in him to tell me, I love you. Wow. You know, what else? What could be more gorgeous than that? And I, you know, he knows I know. So... I realized what I needed to do as hard as it is was to say, it's okay to go. I mean, I didn't want him to go still don't want him to go, but knowing that it's okay to go, I think was what gave him the freedom to do it and to l- release himself. I don't know what happens beyond that. I just don't. Yeah. Um but I know that from the moment we met, there was magic. He actually uh, kissed me the first night we met and I did what every woman, or well, what every man dreams a woman will do when he kisses her. I laughed.
0: I laughed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: that is not what men dream of.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> but he
1: was brave enough to say, uh, what's what's so funny? And he goes, and I said, my whole world has just changed. I felt like the train has come off the track and now it's going toward you. And that's what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, Wah! it's in its kiss, they say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and from that moment on, You know, we lived a full and happy and robust life experience together, partnering, um, sharing life celebrations, um, birth of two. We welcomed these children in um, intentionally. We were excited about them. We're still, I'm still excited about them. Um, And uh, we got to enjoy um, their life celebrations, rites of passage, both religious and just you know, everyday rites of passage. Um, so the five big life events birth, rites of passage. Um, we got married to one another, and you know, the day before our wedding was no different than the day after. Um, and that's really what you're looking for something that's so good that you know, the highlight is not that one day, it's the mm-hmm. whole experience, yeah. Um and inviting children in, and then freeing him up, which was the hardest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever done. Of course. So after that, it didn't. He didn't look like who I knew. His body was different. So I, I, I mean, I don't really know what you were looking for in that question, but he was. He was gone. He wasn't there. He's yeah,
0: my- yeah. Yeah. No. No. You. You. You answered it well. Uh, like you know my my dad passed november of 2019 and so watching my mom deal with his right. declining health and and everything you know like we we had to end end um care so we knew exactly when he was going to go and it was right before all hell broke loose with covid so we were all able to be we were, there you know. yeah we were so he had three generations around him and pretty much the same thing like like you said you know, we, all of us got to, got to take turns saying goodbye. Cause he was slightly, slightly um, they reduced the sedation so he could be somewhat present. So yeah. like he was able to like nod his head. Yes. And no, like he had tubes in his mouth, everything. So he couldn't speak, but he was able to acknowledge us. And so the the very last thing was my mom and my dad, I guess they had, they had a, their song growing up. And so she put she puts oh. the song on, you know, she starts singing to him, you know, we're all balling, you know, she's singing to him and she says, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, for you to go now. And I, I, I had tapped her, I said, tell him you're going to be okay. You know, cause that, yeah. that, that was the caretaker. Like his thing was like, he, he knew his health was declining and like, he didn't want to leave her with a mess, you right. know? So okay. that was like the last thing she said to him was like, it's okay for you to go. Like, I'm going to be okay. And then we ended the care and then he, he took his last breath, you know? And so like, and like, I just, I wanted you, you to share that. Cause again, cause that's the relatable part. So Like when people see the headline, you know, how to move on after loss, they're talking about, they're still in their pain, you know, right. they're still in their feeling. So it's like, they want to, they want to know what you went through, you know, to prompt you to take these next steps. So that was why I wanted you to share.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. The, you know, everyone experiences grief
0: yes.
1: and it could be grief of loss of a loved one. It could be grief of loss of a uh, our identity or a role that we used to hold. Whether it's, um, you know, oh, you graduated from elementary school to junior high. There's a kind of a grief of letting go of elementary school and yeah. now you're in junior high. So you're embarking on this new experience. So any developmental stage like that, there's a grief of letting go of your childhood, of puberty. I don't know who would want. Everyone <laughs> wants to let go of that one. Um, you're when you're partnering with someone, there's a release not only of the people who you used to be with and your your title, but it's who you used to be as an individual, and now you're something more partnering. Um, So you maintain your individuality and you're coming together as something even greater. There's um, developmental stages when you change jobs, when you change communities and all of these things have a grief component with them. We don't always call it that. We just go, Oh, I miss what used to happen. Yes. Um, And the way that I coach grief uh this is gonna be kind of in a you know couple sentence simplified form, but here's the thing about grief. Grief will slam your head against the wall and drop you to the kitchen floor and put its foot on your neck and prevent you from breathing or seeing your future. Grief roams the house and smothers the children at night. Grief is a toughie. Yeah, And the important thing is to invite grief in to have a seat at the table and a cup of tea and identify what is it that you treasure in grief so that you can honor that, so that you can have a hold on grief instead of grief having a hold on you and preventing you from moving forward. Yes. And that has been... The structure that I use to help people move through developmental stages, and I have a, a cycle for everything. The um, now that people are come to me for relationshiping, um, and I thought everyone knew this, but evidently I made it up. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, when you're fat, falling madly in love with yourself, your partner, your life, whatever it is. There's like a relationship cycle, and even if you're going through grief to a new developmental phase, you can see that beginning cycle as you know discovery. Because I mean, for example, I became a widow, so then I need to discover what is this really going to be like. Um, maybe you're discovering. Um, I can give another example. I have a client who's married, so I take on you know, whoever needs the story, Um, she's married, she's in this group and she and her husband, actually she's amazing. She was saying, I wish I had taken this course 30 years ago. I wouldn't have married and divorced my first husband. I would marry the man I'm married to now. Um, So super life-changing. And she really wants to remain married to this man. He has a new job. And she's feeling a victim because he's not got the same amount of attention on her that she used to have. Okay, so he was literally talking in victim words. Yeah, and I was like, "Do you want him to have this job? Yes. Do you want him to see, su- succeed at it? Yes." And I said, "It's like Olympic rings, where he's now got a relationship with you and a relationship with this company. So he's entering the discovery phase." of this new job and he doesn't want to lose you over it but just like becoming a widow i needed to go through the discovery phase of what is this like and i call it this is the chemistry time when you're finding out what's right about it Mm -hmm. um what works and then as you learn about like if you have a new job or a new relationship or you're of a new identity you're figuring out what what will work about it? What will um, be successful? So as a widow, the first thing I did was, you know, curl up in a fetal position and cry with tears on my pillow. And the best I could do was roll over to the other side, you know, and then lather, rinse, repeat back and forth. I'm like, this isn't serving anyone. I'm, you know, I, I'm suffering everyone's suffering because I need to see how to move forward. And so for me, the biggest, you know, chemistry and discovery at first was, can I get out of this bed? And then I started to make the bed. So it made it a little harder to get in. Yeah. So just a little step outside my comfort zone um, with this woman who's married and her, her husband got this new job. Um, we talked about instead of feeling the victim. What about instead of being you know totally drowned by this tsunami wave that's washing over you, get on top of that wave and surf it.
0: Mm. If
1: you're happy for him, support him in the discovery and the chemistry of this new relationship he's got with work, and be the reward he comes home to, and schedule time in so that he's not feeling pulled. And he can focus on his work. And when he's with you, he can really focus with the two of you. Love it. So from chemistry and discovery, the next step is, you know, having different interactions and building a casual relationship. So again, with, you know, my example of being a widow, it was like, well, what are the interactions? What do I need to do as a widow that's going to be different? And I needed to... Be everything for everyone. Um, and at some point, I needed to stabilize the children. I built advisory boards, I call it, for them, so that they had people to go to. I call it subject matter experts when they needed help and advice. Because I, you know, my late husband was really good at physics and math and those kinds of things. The dinner conversation was fascinating. So I found a science teacher who wanted to hang out with the kids um, because he could talk about those things.
0: Yes.
1: Um, I found a camp counselor to be the escort at the father-daughter dinner dance for my daughter. Nice. Um, so I put the right people in place. So the subject matter experts for me, um, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a healthcare provider. Um, I'm not an accountant. So I needed to find experts in their field, the people who have put in all the extra work in specializing. So the, you know, whereas my late husband did this stuff, now it's my turn. Well, I don't have this expertise. I'm not going to get a law degree. So I will find the right person to do that for me. I'll find the mechanic to help me with the car so that I'm not getting you know, the wave washed over me, but that it, I can get on top of it.
0: Let's, let's, let's stop there because I think that, that right there is what gets overlooked by so many people. Cause you use the word, the words earlier, victim words. And now, you know, I work with a lot of females and when I use that, that word maybe it's because it's coming from a man. It's not always well-received when, when, mm-hmm. when I say it's like, you know, you're playing the victim and, I I don't know for some reason that word just triggers people, but that's exactly what it is when you're just blaming all of your circumstances. I actually had this talk with my son the other day because he's he's a finger pointer. I, I said your I said your maturity is gonna catch up to your upbringing once you stop pointing the fingers at everyone. Right. You know because he has a lot of knowledge in that brain of his, but he just he just the whole world is against him, and like everything is somebody else's fault. And even even though something bad may have happened to you, even though you may be grieving, it really is selfish to not take care of yourself. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a bold term, you know, but, but but again, the name of the show is Shut Up and Grind. You know, it, it, it's a bold show. And I I tell people, like, that's what it is, like, like it's selfish. So when my dad passed, it's like, did it hurt me? Of course it did. But like I remember we, we showed up to his memorial. He He, he was a Marine. And so we had the, uh, the gun salute forum yeah. at, at the veteran cemetery. And like, I, I just heard some chatter and the you know, cause like I'm, I'm the baby. I'm the, the youngest of the seven kids. And I remember people were kept asking like, how's Robert? How's Robert? How's Robert? You know, and I showed up and, and I'm hugging people. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm joking. Cause like, I had like, we, we knew it was coming. Right? We knew it was coming. So we had time to prepare. Now he was 79 when he passed when he was 70 at a family reunion, I had gone to my mom. I was like, why don't we do a living eulogy for Dad?" Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and of course, everyone looked at me like I was stupid and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm like, why are we gonna wait till he's gone for us to say all these great th- things about him? Like, why don't we tell really? him now while he's here? It was like, we're having a family reunion, the bulk of the family is going to be here, the extended family is going to be here from all over the country. So it's like, why don't we just do that? You know, so we all we all had that moment already. He he was he was, you know, so like we saw him deteriorating. And he was an engineer. He loved to build. And he, he was to the point to where he wasn't able to build. He, like he'd have to call me down to help help him carry stuff and hold stuff in place and screw things in for him. And I know that was killing him even further more than the heart failure was. So so he he passed at the right time. And so I take my own hurt out of it. And I say this is good because this was his time to go. You know, so he he didn't have to live another five years, you know, wetting himself and not being able to control his bowels and being out of breath and having a walker. Like, he didn't have to experience any of that. And then on the other side of it, what would he want me to do? Like, right. does, does he want me curled up on my bed, bowling my brains out? No, mm-hmm. he's going to want me getting up, using the things he's instilled in me since childhood and kicking ass in life. That's what he wants to look down and see happening.
1: Right. And you are valued and you are valuable. And we have, you know, we invite children and people into our world so that we can make it robust. And like I said earlier, life is better with love in it. Yes. And if we let, you know, if we don't have the resilience and we let something devastate us, then we're not living up to our full potential or the reasons that we're here, whatever reasons that are specific to you, whatever you, the impact is that you've got on the planet.
0: Yes. And, and what you said earlier, too, you said whoever needs the story it's like that's what people don't understand, that your mess can inspire somebody else. If you turn that mess into a message, as Jen Gottlieb always says, (laughs) right? you turn that into a message, and now, like, that was why I wanted you to share what you went through, because that's the power in everything that you do, everything that you have accomplished, what you felt in that moment is the power of everything that you do moving forward. And like I tell people, when my father took his last breath, I inhaled it. You know, because I have the power to keep his memory alive. Right. So keeping his memory alive isn't going to happen if I'm just playing small and just being selfish and sheltering myself. You know, so getting out there and displaying my talents, sharing his story, you know, showing showing what happened in his end of end of life series, how it affected my mom, how it affected everyone else. Then as other people go through that themselves, I can say, listen, we went through that. We got through it, you know, and you can be that shoulder to cry on to help someone else. And and you turned that into an entire business.
1: I did because people keep coming to me for help to do it. And the dissonance in relationships, it causes you to have like insomnia or you're suffering you know, digestive disorders or this gloominess, whereas you turned it around and said it's okay to smile and laugh and be happy because those are the moments, that's the happiness moments that we really remember in our lives. Yeah. So I've done a deep dive on happiness and one of the things that you were talking about is I learned from monks um, that you're like your happiness, is in yourself, of course. But if your happiness is like a balloon and you let the wind drift you along and the wind drifts you in a place that you like, then you'll be happy. But if the wind drifts you in a place that you didn't want, then you're not happy. But it's your responsibility to decide what is happiness to you. And rather than making it the wind's responsibility, own that so that you're not just being reactive, which is what we were saying, the victim. If you're just responding to wherever the wind is blowing you and you don't like it, then that's not good. But there are things that you can do that are just one click pivot, one little step outside your comfort zone. Maybe it's just getting out of bed. Maybe it's getting out of bed and putting the covers back up so it's just a little harder to get into. You know, it's not impossible. Or like these ladies in this happy hour that I was talking about who were like, oh my God, we're attracting the wrong people. I'm like, can I see your profiles? And oh my goodness. I mean the first sentence had the word crazy in it and the second (laughs) sentence had the word I kick out cockroaches. Well that's not showing anyone who you truly are because it's not at all who these people are. They are incredible, vibrant, alive, talented, skilled, loving people. So I'm like let's just take a fresh look at this. And I'm happy to share the outline. If anybody would like a copy of that, just ping me at, you know, um, either, you know, private message me on Facebook or here at lightthesparklady at gmail.com. Happy to share that with you.
0: Say, say that again? Light. So oh, if, it's up there. It's up there already. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs>
1: L-I-G-H-T-T-H-E-S-P-A-R-K-L-A-D-Y at gmail.com. Lightthesparklady at gmail.com. Um, and I'm happy to share this outline to actually develop a profile that represents who you truly are. So that you're attracting someone who's attracted to you. And many people put put out there what they think other people might want or be attracted to, but it's not who they truly are. Yes. So making that adjustment makes a really big difference.
0: Yeah. Or, or or they put you- out sorry, or, or they put out what they don't want. You are know, like, if you're this, if you're this, if you're that, if you're that, then don't bother reading on. It's like, that's not welcoming at all. It's a good screening <laughs> process. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's like, I get it, but, you know, right. not, as speaking as a man, when I see that, I'm like, uh, no thanks.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it, you know, knowing that is important, but those would be the red flags that you keep to yourself. You yeah. want to position yourself so that you're putting who you tr- who your vibrancy is, yes. you know, that kind of thing. So I'm helping people create valuable relationships filled with love. And that way they can enjoy life like we've been talking about all along. Rather than being worried about, you know, am I... Am I sticking this out? Am I in the wrong relationship? I have a client who's in the wrong relationship. And, you know, th- that's his choice. It's not my choice. Um, but when he realized who he truly is and what he really wants in his life, it became clear that this, both he and this woman, would be better off with a better fit. So they parted in a really lovely way, acknowledging how they've supported one another. Again, honoring what the treasure of that relationship has been like we did in grief. And he's moved forward. He now has the, he's presenting himself in the image that he's confident in. He's got the right job now. And he found the woman of his dreams. Like, again, you, you don't always know when it's wrong, but you know, when it's right. Like when my husband kissed me, oh uh, i knew this is it and um i just met with a couple this morning and it's like you can see it from miles away and with him this woman was the is the right woman and what i really truly loved is that we did this uh transformation for him Um, We went from the outside in as part of it, so his style and his look and his branding and that kind of thing, and then his career, and we went through, and his health and all this stuff, and a year from that day was his wedding to the right person. I'm like,
0: yes. (laughs) Um, Love it.
1: And the woman who I adjusted her profile for her, she was like these guys are saying your profile is so good and it really tells me a lot about you and then they have speaking points to start a conversation in and of course that's just the first step in the discovery phase and the chemistry to move to casual to you know a committed loving relationship where you can be vulnerable and know that you'll be safe because those are the kinds of friendships and relationships that we want to build, that we can trust the other person to make decisions that are in our best interest. That's what we're looking for. And that's how you know you got it. That's how you can be smiling and happy. And, you know, even it just uplifts your whole life experience when it's, when you got it going on. So good.
0: All right. So let, let's talk about, about your book so what i mean obviously we know what inspired you to write it but just like when when was the moment where you knew i i have to i have to get this done
1: um okay so i was looking for a job i had been working in medical publishing for 11 years i was a portfolio manager i worked at stanford um in the department of medicine doing research and i'm like well I am now the you know head of household. I've got these two amazing kids. I, everything still needs to happen, and it's all resting on my shoulders. And so I started looking for work, and um, I realized before I get this job, if I don't write this book now, this guide to pulling life together after a big life event. I, I mean – before the big life events, even better, but um, because it applies to everyone. Um, it's a practical and compassionate guide to navigating what I say in the subtitle of the book is widowhood and soul parenting. It's everything, it's navigating life. So rather than getting a job and having a company, you know, ask me to write 135 page document, which I would totally not think twice about doing. I was like, I need to write this book first. So I was looking for work. I met this woman um, who had a program that that um, onboards women back into the workplace after a pause in their career. And I hadn't really had a pause, but I love the theory and all of the th- activities they were doing. So I got involved. She and I became friends and she had heard that I had been doing these writings to update people as to what was going on with our process, You know, of, you know, what was going on with the family. And that everyone was saying, this needs to reach a wider audience because your words are helping us understand how we should live our lives. I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Mm So I should probably write this book, I said. And she says, well, you should talk to my husband. He's written a bunch of books. I'm like, well, Beth, who's your husband? She says, Guy Kawasaki. I'm like, oh, (laughs) The, the man who evangelized Apple Computer was Steve Jobs. Uh, I'm like the branding guru of the world. And I'm like, she goes, yeah. I said, I didn't really know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I find myself at the breakfast table with Guy Kawasaki. And um, I basically told him the story that I just told you. And he goes, that's your book. Write the book. And you know, when Guy Kawasaki tells you to write the book, you write the book. hmm and again, I was driving home after this and I'm like, I could totally do this. I could totally do this. And I was like, oh, gut punch. Why didn't I tell Guy Kawasaki I wanted to write a book on amazing food and orgasms I've enjoyed all over the world. I'm like, oh, this is my life experience. This is what I'll write about. Here we go. So that's what I did. That's how I wrote the book. I actually joined the Author Incubator. um, I've heard of that. Yeah, with Dr. Angela Loria. Yeah. And um, I highly recommend if you've got a book in you, you should reach out to the Author Incubator. And um, they really helped me along the process. And, you know, that's how you get a book written. When you've got a publisher who is going to give you the deadlines and tells you how this is going to work and clears the space, it's like me project managing people's lives with them. Here's what you need to worry about now. Here's what you don't need to worry about now. Here's the big picture. You know, why Why are you, um, when your boyfriend is saying he's ready to move forward into a committed relationship, what's holding you back? I mean, and in that situation, she was like, I don't feel I bring enough value to the relationship. I'm like, what? So I itemized her value with her. And she's like, hmm. I said, what's the greatest gift you could give your boyfriend right now that would actually solve all of the challenges that you came to me for? She said, my trust. I'm like, do you trust him? Yes. Like, I think you have a big gift. And, you know, from chemistry to casual to committed in the relationship, she was lagging behind and this just unblocked the whole thing. And here they go. So it's little things that you don't always see that someone else can give you the guidance. You can do it on your own. But when you find yourself suffering or alone or lonely in a relationship or when things are not in alignment, I've got a client who... It's like they have the most robust, exciting life together. This couple, and now they're like standing back to back, pacing away. I'm like, somebody's going to turn and shoot like a duel. <laughs> what are we going to do to change this? Um, but it's those kinds of things that you, someone from with a, with a loving heart, who you can trust, who's going to help see the one little thing that needs to be changed. I've got a client who. The description I gave her with her boyfriend, they're like an infinity sign. They're doing everything beautifully. Their relationship is fantastic. And she's like, why are we having such challenges? I'm like, you're not. Every single challenge is outside of your relationship. Yeah. So decide if you're, you know, if the outside forces matter at all, then you change something. But the relationship that you're having is fantastic. It's the internal things that are working. Why would you change that? And why would you let external forces be a problem within it? So it's those kinds of things that help overcome the obstacles and challenges along the way or the pitfalls, and those could cause health issues or years of suffering or staying together for the children. Um, what's the higher mission in that? If you can figure that out, then you know the answers and the road opens up and it's well lit and you know how to enjoy your life fully.
0: Well said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are the, the the key takeaways I got from that? And this is something that I do, put it up open the screen real quick. So this is my program, Speak About Yourself Out Loud. Cause I find that that's where a lot a lot of people go go wrong is I they 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 just don't talk about what they want, like mm. it's it's that simple. They don't talk about what what they want, and then more to your point, is I help people pull their own stories out of them. Cause like I had this was what two two Wednesdays ago, I had a woman on the show. She does like she she dealt with a sudden the sudden loss of her sister, and she same thing like. You were saying there's no there's no book for this. So Mm -hmm. and they they were blindsided, they didn't really know what to do. So she started an entire company about helping getting everyone's paperwork in order. So thank you very much. Yeah. So when someone passes, they just, you know, press a button and then off they go. And kind of how I I had said with you, I asked her, I said, Do you want to share what happened with your sister? I said, you know, you don't have to, I said, but I I just think, you know, you started this whole company off of that event. So let's discuss that event. And so she, she went into it. And then afterwards she said, you know, I've never told that story before. She's like, Mm -hmm. let alone on a podcast. And I was like, but that's the power in the story. I said, that's why you have to release the personal feelings. Like I was saying earlier about being selfish. I said you have to release what you might be feeling because that story can motivate a whole lot of people. Right. A whole lot of people. Like her sister was 36 years old when she passed mm-hmm. just su- suddenly she got short short of breath. They told her to, to go outside and get some fresh air. She stepped out onto the deck, on the deck collapsed and passed away. At 36 years old. <sighs> and, and and I told her, I was like, you started the whole company on this. I'm like, that that story has to be the centerpiece Absolutely. of what of what you do. I said, and that's how you honor her and you keep that memory alive. That's right. I, right. I said it's not about you, it's about honoring her. You know, so you know, we we said that off air, you know, but 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 I, I was it's like, you know, keep
1: it on air.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, well, well, no, I mean, like she shared it on air and all uh-huh. that, but just that part of it, you know, where I was telling, you know, that should be the central part of your story. Cause like yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't the point of the episode. <laughs> so, you know, so I told her that out, um, off air, but like, just like with what you're doing, you took what you were doing and now you're helping other people get through. It's like, that's the power in the story. And that's why I started the whole speak about yourself out loud because I found a lot of people aren't good at it (laughs) or they think their story isn't isn't good enough or they have no stories. And then I start talking to people and just like how I do with with every with everyone. I say here with my notebook and I just start writing stuff down. And I'm like, like you have a lot more to offer the world than you think you do. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) A lot more.
1: So able to understand those moments of truth in life, help us navigate what our priorities are, what our values are. And as you were saying, it's like when you hear your own voice talking about it, then you you have a clarity and understanding of where you want to go with things. So it's a a tremendous gift that you're sharing with people. Tremendous gift. Thank you.
0: Yes. Thank thank you. And it can be anything like that's the beauty of it because people don't understand what someone else might need to hear. Right. Yes.
1: It's not until we let it go too far and we, you know, we're just totally like can't get out of bed or whatever. And we don't know what the problem is to be able to have somebody like yourself be the witness to it. And say, you know what? That's a block. We can unblock that problem so you don't feel burnt out anymore so that you can see how can you assess or adjust where your energy is so that you're working at peak performance. Even Olympic athletes know when it's time to relax and rest and recover Is it that time or is it time to go for it? You know, put yourself out there. But every day isn't put yourself out there all day long. Sometimes it's regroup. So knowing that balance and having somebody to help you understand that you can make magic happen and you can you really can have your dreams come true. And sometimes you just need to have a guide. And what you were saying is that you're a really good role model. Many people um, don't know how to step into their greatness because they don't have the role model or the guide to get them there. And that's what you're doing. And that's what you're saying that this woman is doing. And that's what makes a difference. Because if your role models haven't been succeeding, maybe you're following the wrong guidance in that. But finding someone who's done it and is successful at it, who knows what it looks like, who knows what it feels like, that's going to get you from chemistry to casual to committed to greatness. It really, that's it.
0: Yes. Know what sentence I can't stand is when people say, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So, so you find someone who's underachieving and you're <laughs> underachieving and you're happy that somebody else is underachieving, <laughs> you know, okay. like, and, and we find, sorry, and we find comfort in that, whereas- so- Sorry, was I go the other way around? So I had yeah. a doc- I had a doctor tell me years ago that you know, like I had a major, major knee injury. He's like, "Oh, you're never go- gonna run a jump again." I said, "Well, you ain't my doctor." Right. I was like, "So I want to find someone that has fixed this injury and got them back to full strength. If you, if you haven't done it, then you're not the one I need to talk to."
1: Exactly. So that's like screening the, you know, the applicants to be your partner by saying, I don't want you to be this, 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 or this. It's the same yeah. story.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and it's, uh, I lost my train of thought on that one, but, oh. got too excited. but that, I mean, and that's just it. It's knowing that you can't, Oh, I know. It was misery loves company. Oh yeah. Um, there's it's, I saw this in my teenagers the other day, cause they're meeting new people, we're in a new place. And the girls were in the backseat of the car and they were connecting. And one of them, it was so interesting to hear that they were normalizing the situation. One of them said something like, I love horror movies. And I, I know she does not, but it was like, "Why are you putting <laughs> that on? The other one says, I love horror movies too. So they normalized the situation and they could agree on something. Mm-hmm. And then she said, but I never watched them too, because they're too scary. And the first one was like, yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm like, <"Huh."> <laughs> <laughs> so it was really for them, it was making the connection. So if misery loves company, have that company, but then take it a step further and join, you know, shut up and grind or something like this where you can manifest positive change in your life so that you're not just staying at your lowest, like you were saying the lowest common denominator. Yes. Nobody really wants that. And it's okay to you have permission to do something about it. Whoever, this is actually a really big deal now that we're on this train of thought because um, like, if you join a club a group a dance group or something and you are shunned because you're not good enough or because you're too good and they don't want that competition then that's probably not the right fit because we really want you to be in a relationship in a group in a club in whatever it is where you can be identified for and compared you to you of where you're at and how you can grow yes. and become the best version of yourself. That's the goal. And it's really hard to know when it's time to change that situation. You know, maybe it's our friends we've had all our lives who are keeping us down and we or family members that are keeping us from growing and we don't always know it. And you don't have to break up with them, but it's okay to know that it is is—it uh, is a time for you to grow in your direction so yes. that you can fulfill your one precious life.
0: Because yes. that's all you get. It's all you get. And my coaching program, Module 5, is assessing your support system. And it goes it goes right down the list from the spouse to the kids to the boss to the co-workers to cousins to, to exes, like everything right down the list. And I say like you don't you don't have to cut people out of your life. You just have to cut cut them out of that conversation. So if it's something that you're working on, say you decide you want to write a book and your husband or your your wife is is you know pessimistic about it? Oh well, you never finish anything you start, and you never. Okay, so if you're determined, you just don't talk to them about your book writing aspirations, and that that's how you do that. Like when I was starting the gym, my my ex she she wasn't on board. You know, mm. you know she just had given birth to our fourth and fifth, and you know we had twin boys, and you know, I had lost, I had lost my management job. I was collecting unemployment and they're like, you know, you need to go back and manage, manage restaurants. I'm like, but I hated that <laughs> you hated it because of the schedule you hated it. Cause I missed everything. It was like, I have a chance to not do that anymore. Like I can take control of my life and my schedule. Like <laughs> I, like I can do that. And she was not on board. So I just stopped talking to her about it. It's like, we can talk about everything else, but we're not talking about that unless you have good stuff to say.
1: Right. And the words that you said she chose were, you have to do this, but those were words of fear. Yes. You have to do this because I'm fearful. So being able to infuse her with the confidence that I got this made all the difference. Yes. Um. So, I mean, you were talking about, you know, people don't want to hear the word victim, but that was a fearful comment. And understandably so, you know, what do we do if we can't pay the bills and now we have two more people in our family. And how, if you're off doing this, how are you going to be here to help me with that? So I heard the fear, yeah. like, like then you adjust the relationship to infuse it with stability and confidence and you're good to go. So those, I mean, those would be like the those are the little adjustments, and you're totally right. When you lose a job, I mean, people are like, "Oh, I'm really sorry," and I'm like, "I could say I'm sorry," and then I'd say, "Congratulations! Yeah. This is going to be really exciting. Let's see
0: what's going to happen." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to bring bring this down. We're a little over, but that's okay. So, um, org. So that's where people can can get a copy of your book, see how to get in touch with you and what else, what else will they find at that site? So
1: on that site, it's, um, I'm happy to give you a copy of my international bestseller. You can just click and get that. You can access me. I'm happy to jump on a call and find out what's going on with you and how, and even on that coaching on that call, I'm happy to see if I can do a one click pivot for you and make a difference. And there's no charge for that. Um, it's my gift to the world. You know, people have helped me. My community has helped me. This is the way that I can give forward in that regard. Um, I do take on clients. I'm starting a new relationshiping program. And, oh, my God, the, the changes we are seeing are so gorgeous and glorious. And part of it, I've got, you know, everybody who's looking to be desirable, attract, keep, and enjoy the right love in your life, And I'm doing all the coaching. We've got an open forum of men and women up leveling the conversation in an honest and authentic and safe forum. We're learning stuff from each other, things that we don't usually talk about, you know, but we are sharing that with both men and women in this group. It's so amazing. Um, And you're welcome to be part of that group. It's, it's, an exciting life-changing group to for people who want to bring love into their life, for, for people who are in partnerships, for people who are married. This is the opportunity to have the role models in place and ask the difficult questions in a safe place. Like what are women in their 20s looking for? What are men in their 20s looking for? What about their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? How does it change and why? Who were you then? Who are you now? Who are you stepping into? So we talk about the most important things that make everything super clear and easy and fun. So if you're looking to get into relationshiping, this program is starting right now. You want to get on my calendar right away. I will open up a bunch of slots so that I can make time for anyone from your group to get involved.
0: Love it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining, making episode number 50. Amazing. Right the way, right the (laughs) way. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Don't sign out yet. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. That was Michelle dropping the knowledge. And so again, if you want to get in touch with her, your life worth living.org. And I'm stolen because I can't remember the other one. There it is. Light the spark Lady at gmail.com. You can shoot, shoot her an email, get in touch with her. As she said, she gives a free copy of, of her books, gives you a free free consultation. Uh you called it something different, but I'll say consultation because I can't remember the word. But it's free, so if you're struggling, if you're going through stuff, take her up on it because you have nothing to lose and you could potentially have everything to gain. So that is it for this episode of Shut Up and Grind. Cue the outro. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.